delight to welcome Catherine um, to lead our service this morning. Um, Catherine, we're really grateful to you for coming to, um, to lead our service, especially, especially as Catherine's already led the 9.15 service at, um, at Surprise Wise and then has got a christening this afternoon. No, our young people are leading a, um, like a worship service. A worship service. So if service anyone wants to come back for more church at three o'clock this afternoon for some songs, then you're very welcome. Yeah. Fabulous. So a very busy lady and we're delighted to see her. Welcome, Catherine. Thank you. Um, yes, busy. An amazing opportunity to be here with you this morning. Um, it's very um, kind of you to ask um, to to, to come and lead and, and speak this morning and um, it's a real delight I mean you, you say kind of um, you know it, it's busy and there's lots on but isn't that kind of nice at the moment after kind of quite a few months of things being a little bit sort of slow and we've all had to adjust to things opening up and moving on and gathering speed um, which is tricky in some ways, isn't it? I don't know if many of you are here in church for the first time after a while. Anyone here for the first time? So, oh, you, you're fine then. It's like getting used to it. But it is a bit strange, isn't it? Um, and I'm aware of that for, for us coming back into this building and aware of that for anyone really coming back to church. Um, and I think it's wonderful that you're managing to welcome your, your few folk who are joining on Zoom as well. So um, I hope that they are kind of sensing that they're part of, of um, our gathering and um, prayer and worship as well. Um, I, that was a lovely introduction. Um, and I thank you for your generosity. I think I would also just like to say, I know, you know, it says, oh, I've got to read these names out and it's kind of the, church, the rules say. But you know what? Those names, those are people who I would like us to, to just give a round of applause to because don't you think Leslie and Yvonne and <laughs> others whose names might have slipped my mind. But oh, my goodness, what an amazing job you do. Um, and what an amazing and brilliant opportunity to support them in the next year, whatever it might hold. And I know I, for one, want to say thank you for your willingness to serve um, uh, this particular congregation, but the mission of the church in this place, um, which is something I know that's on all of our hearts as we look ahead. Let's have a moment of quiet and... Perhaps you might have one thing that you want to ask God for this morning. And maybe there's something that you would like to thank God for this morning.
loving God, we thank you for the gift of a new day. And we thank you for all those things that we have already achieved, enjoyed, shared this morning. We thank you that the Bible reassures us that as we draw near to you, you draw near to us. And so we pray that that dynamic would be true this morning as we come into your presence in worship and in prayer and in drawing near to your word. Would you, by your Holy Spirit, draw near to each one of us? We ask in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So let's stand and sing our opening praise song, I Cast My Mind to Calvary. If you're comfortable to stand, please do as we sing together. Oh, Lord. 
like to take a seat. St. Paul wrote to the Philippians, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Well done, everyone. <laughs> rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Um, many of you, I'm sure, will know that Paul wrote that letter to the Philippians in circumstances that were far from simple and straightforward for himself, having experienced quite a degree of persecution and setbacks in his ministry um, and having to come to terms with the fact that things didn't always work out as he expected them to as he um, followed God's call. However, in the midst of all of those trials and tribulations, he writes this letter to encourage the church that he has come to a place where no matter what his circumstances he can see that there are things to be thankful for. So a sense of contentment, no matter what his circumstances. So I wonder, in a moment of reflection, you might possibly call to mind something that is giving you cause to rejoice this week. Just have a minute to think about it, and then I'm going to ask you to share it with somebody who's nearby you. Um, so something that you might be able to encourage somebody else with. Um, that you might have experienced or been blessed by this week. Have a little think. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. So I wonder what it is that's giving you cause for gratitude, thankfulness, rejoicing this week um, maybe you've come with somebody who you, knew, you know really well and you'd prefer to talk to somebody who you don't actually know that well maybe someone behind you or in front of you rather than next to you or maybe you can turn around and see that there might be a relatively friendly looking stranger maybe somebody you haven't actually met you could even get out of your seat if you're comfortable to do so just for a few moments and share with somebody something that's giving you cause for encouragement um, or gratitude this week. Is that all right? Go for it. Go for it. You can do it. It can be something very simple or something really profound.
after. <laughs> it's very nice to hear that um, I take from your uh, participation that there are things that are, are worth celebrating and um, encouraging one another with. Does anyone want to shout anything out in particular? Look, I said I didn't need that roving mic and I could have used it now, but it doesn't matter. Just shout from where you are. Anything? Yvonne, yeah, go for it. Brilliant, fantastic. That is brilliant news. Amazing. Praise God. Praise God for that. Anything else anyone wants to encourage? Well, go on, Dave. Well, yeah. Oh, brilliant. That's so lovely. We were just talking about that, um, how it's nice that there are things to do now that weren't available to us. So, like, I don't know about you, there were times in lockdown when we were saying we were quite bored, you know. Actually, it's quite nice to be able to do some of the things that we've, we've been missing. Brilliant. So lots of things to, I mean, some of those things might be kind of like they seem a bit insignificant to us, like, oh, I can go to the cinema or oh, I can, you know, go and see my whatever. Or, but then really significant things as well, like that's just such good news, isn't it? Um, and I think that we, it's good to practice that, isn't it? Because um, all of us will have different weeks ahead of us, uh, different weeks behind us different things that we might be looking forward to or feeling particularly anxious about. But actually, in the midst of all of those things, there are many, many gifts that we can appreciate and enjoy um, and some quite significant answers to prayer. So praise God. Um, we're going to stand and sing again. And um, it's a song that really prays that God's kingdom would come in our lives, in our world, and in our church. So if you would like to, and you're comfortable to stand, we're going to sing a Build Your Kingdom Here, the Wren Collective song. Would you like to stand? Come set your rule and reign in our hearts again. Increase in us, we pray. Unveil why we're made. Come set our hearts ablaze with hope, like wildfire in our very souls. Holy Spirit, come invade us now. We are your church, and we need your power in us. Seek your kingdom first We hunger and we thirst Refuse to waste our lives For your our joy and prize To see the captives' hearts released The hurt, the sick, the poor at peace We lay down our lives for heaven's cause We are your church Church. 
your kingdom's power, reaching the near and far. No force of hell can stop your beauty changing hearts. You made us for much more than this. Awake the kingdom seed in us, fill us with the strength and love of Christ. We are your church. Heavenly Father, all of what we have comes from you and of your own do we give you. Please accept these gifts and those given in other ways as a token of our gratitude and obedience. And we pray that they would be used in your service and for the glory of the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. I understand that this is the first morning when you're going to go out for some children's time together. Is that right, Jane? Since the start. Oh, so, right, brilliant. So, um, those who are going out with Jane, now is the time. And we're going to use this this refrain, which I'm sure that many of you will recognize and know, but I don't think you've used it for a while in this context. So, those of us who are staying, we say, the Lord be with you, and also with you. Fantastic. So, go and enjoy the time that you have together this morning. Um, And what a great, well, I, I think anyone could go. Like, now's the time to go. If you don't want to listen to me for the next few minutes, then you could just pretend to be helping out or, you know, see if anyone goes. <laughs> um, let's spend a moment in quiet. and We're going to use some words of confession. Um, I'm going to say the, uh, the white words on the screen and uh, we'll all join in with the yellow words. Um, let's just quiet in our hearts and... Be reassured that God is with us, hears our prayers, knows our needs, and is ready to answer.
loving father, all the fancy words in the world, expressed in eloquent prose, decorated with emotion, spoken with conviction, cannot complete, compete with a heartfelt sorry when all other words fail. Let's say together. There are times when we are all too aware of our limitations, conscious of sin and the distance it creates between us. Sometimes sorry is all the heart can bear to say aloud. It is only you who can read and understand the language of our hearts. Only you can translate our sorry into the prayer we would have prayed if we had had the words within us. Then you forgive, and having forgiven, surround us in an embrace of love, drawing us close to your heart as it was always meant to be. Thank you, loving Father, that you listen to hearts as well as voices. Thank you. Your forgiveness is total. No notebook, no tape recorder, do you remember them? <laughs> no post-it notes to remind you of our sin. You take our confession, offered with hands outstretched and gently, like the loving Heavenly Father that you are. Put it to one side to be forgotten. No grudges, no itching for judgment, no resentment or ill will. Not like us who find it easy to say sorry, but so hard to forgive. Forgive us, Father, that we are often more willing to accept forgiveness than to forgive more willing to accept your love than to share it with those who have hurt us. Teach us to forgive as you forgive us and help us to live as your chosen people. You have given us a world of beauty and we have spoiled it, a world to feed us and so many grow hungry a world of riches, and we are unwilling to share, a world to care for, and we think only of ourselves. Forgive us, gracious God, for those times your heart is saddened by our selfishness. For those times we have no thought for others, no cares but our own. Enable us to see this world anew as a gift from you, to be shared and nurtured, and those who live upon it to be loved and cared for. We ask this, that your name may be glorified through the beauty of this world and the service of our lives. Amen. Let's remain seated as we have another song as we draw uh, to a time when we receive God's forgiveness and God's word into our lives afresh for today.
comes from Luke chapter 12. Uh, I will be reading from the message version uh, as opposed to what we normally use for NIV, but Catherine has kindly accepted that uh, I will be using the message this morning. Then he told them this story. The farm of a certain rich man produced a terrific crop. He talked to himself What can I do? My barn isn't big enough for this harvest. Then he said, here's what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. Then I'll gather in all my grain and goods and I'll say to myself, self, you've done well. You've got it made and you can now retire. Take it easy and have the time of your life. Just then, God showed up and said, Fool, tonight you die, and your barn full of goods, who gets it? That's what happens when you fill your barn with self and not with God. I'll say the last bit again. That's what happens when you fill your barn with self and not with God. Amen. Thank you, Keith, and thanks for looking out that translation, which does kind of pack a punch, doesn't it? Often, actually, if you haven't got a copy of the Message Bible, um, it's worth reading that, worth having a, having a look for that. Um, 
we used the same passage in um, St. Friday's this morning in our, in our service, but we read it from this book, Stories Jesus Told. I don't know if anybody, if you've seen this, it's a fantastic book, not just for children, but for any ages who want to kind of hear the parables, particularly expressed in a slightly different way. Uh, it's also got really good pictures, which I think is helpful. The story um, talks about a man who was very, very fortunate, very, very blessed, a farmer whose earth, land was as fruitful as it could possibly be. Talks about a man who wanted to make sure that he stored what was his, stored it well, and kept it for a time when he would be able to enjoy it. But it packs a bit of a punch at the end, doesn't it, that story? Did anyone hear it for the first time today? Maybe you've heard it many times before. I remember hearing it for the first time and thinking, what? He just doesn't wake up one morning. Like, that's the end of the story. He's dead. <laughs> like, just like that. Oh, my goodness. You think he's been sort of keeping things safe and looking after stuff maybe for, you know, a rainy day. But actually, he doesn't get a chance to do exactly that which he has said he will do, to eat, drink, and be merry, to enjoy this life and the blessings of it. He doesn't actually get a chance because that very night, God turns up and says, no, you've had your days on this earth. This is the end. And what does he have to show for it? Well, a great big barn full of harvest that's going to rot. <laughs> so, not very much. And that kind of speaks to us all, doesn't it? What's the fruit of our lives and how are we to use it? Have we really taken what God has given us and offered us and used it in the way that he would have us do it? Um, it's a real privilege and an opportunity to come and um, share some reflections with you this morning. Um, I don't know whether you, you had realised this, it's four years um, almost exactly since I and then Kevin arrived as new ministers for St. Friedswides and Spurgeons. So some of you were here when that happened, still here, well done. <laughs> um, and some of you might not have been here when that happened, but it was quite a time of change, wasn't it? Um, things moving on for both congregations at kind of different speeds um, and lots of things um, changing. Um, Leslie kind of invited me to reflect on um, how things are now and how things have changed, share a little bit of news um, and maybe some lessons. I think that one of the lessons that I've learnt um, or put into practice is the importance of listening and helping people to listen to each other. It's really important, isn't it? So even within our congregations, within our home groups, and certainly between our congregations and our teams, it's really important to listen to each other. The relational aspect of what it means to be church is really important, isn't it? Think also taking opportunities when they come. Not being scared to try new things is a really good lesson, isn't it? We can kind of get used to the way things are, and then suddenly things change like they did for us all. It's kind of 18 months ago. We had to kind of adapt and change, but 
not only when that's kind of forced upon us, but also kind of thinking, ah, just because we've done things like this doesn't mean we always have to do things like that. So that kind of sense of being open to new things. And suggestions that might come from places that you don't expect them, I think, has been really good. Um, I think the thing that I uh, underestimated was the fact that when one thing changes, everything changes. Um, when one thing changes, everything changes. And if you've ever worked in a team in your workplace, or if you've ever been part of a family, you will know that when one thing changes, everything changes. So, for example, in our house at the moment, my youngest daughter has just gone to secondary school. So for her, that's a big step for Zoe, particularly herself. But also for the rest of us, it has meant different things. So for us as parents, we now have no children at primary school. Oh, like, that's quite a big adjustment to make. Um, kind of crept up on us, you know, many of you will have gone through that kind of transition or maybe be facing it yourself or maybe have sent children off to college or they've moved house or grandchildren maybe arriving, oh my goodness, even those, just one thing changes and then everything changes. And I think I underestimated that for us here at church actually, at Water Eaton Church Centre. So one thing changed, so I was appointed as vicar at St. Friedsrides. But that meant a lot for St. Frideswides, obviously, because for those of you who don't know or didn't realise that this had happened, um, I also brought a few folk from St. Mary's, where I had been associate minister, to kind of revitalise the Anglican congregation here at Water Eaton Church Centre. Um, and it fairly quickly felt like that had, that had happened, that there was a sort of coherence within the long-standing members of St. Frideswides and the newer members, and we were one church, and that was... Uh, there was lots to celebrate. Some bumps in the road along the way, obviously, but um, I think I underestimated that that one change in one place would have kind of knock-on effects for the whole of church here at Water Eaton Church Centre. And not only just in the sense of, oh, there's more people coming out at kind of 9.15 service, uh, and there's, there's people coming in. So it's kind of a little bit busier, and there's more people that we don't recognise. So we've got to negotiate a little bit more and kind of navigate physically around a few more people as the, 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 the services changed over. Um, but also what that meant in terms of relationships. So all of a sudden, there were lots of new people to at least recognise, or if not actually get to know. So certainly I spent a while getting to know Leslie, and that's been a great delight. And then getting to know Kevin, which was brilliant, and we've got on very well. Um, and then getting to know some of you better than others, but to be part of the congregation, the congregations, the church at Water Eaton Church Centre, um, I think I underestimated how one thing changing could actually mean that many other things change. So I guess that's kind of obvious, really. But you don't know what that means in practice until it actually happens, do you? So I would like to say at this point, thank you very much for all the patience and understanding and friendship towards one Anglican, but also other Anglicans as well, whether they would call themselves Anglicans very firmly or not, I'm not quite sure. Um, but one minister to a a church you know I'm ready fully ready to admit that I don't get everything right and that things might have been um, 
more smooth in different ways um, and if there have been any ways that it's been particularly tricky and that's not been acknowledged then I would want to to sort of um, acknowledge that and and say that I, I hope that where we are now is a really positive place of two churches sharing a building and really looking forward to sharing in opportunities for mission and growth together. So I think that, that those in a nutshell are lessons that I learned, have learned over the last few years and that you and others have helped me to learn. The biggest lesson though is that God is bigger than the plans that we have and isn't that a good job? God is bigger than any of the plans that we have. God can do more than we can ever ask or even imagine. I'm praying, and I hope you will be too, that God might send us here at this church centre all the resources that we need to do the things that God is calling us to do. And I believe that God is calling us to do some exciting things in the future. We don't know quite what that looks like in practice, but I think there will be opportunities for us to take. And so I'm praying that God would send all the resources that we need to do the things that he's calling us to do. Um, that echoes with our reading, I think. That rich farmer wasn't quite prepared for the abundant blessing of harvest that he received. He wasn't quite expecting things to go as well as they did. He found himself suddenly needing to deal with a surplus of harvest that in the end he doesn't quite know what to do with. Sometimes when we don't know quite what to do with God's, what God sends us, we fall back on our human instincts. Do you think this might be what's happening in this story? There's a great abundant blessing. And instead of all the other things that he might have done, what he does is tear down the barn that he has and build a great big barn that will hold all of the harvest yet again the following year he's unexpected unexpectedly blessed with an abundant harvest even greater now he hasn't quite learned the lesson with all that harvest in that bigger barn and he tears that one down and builds an even bit I mean can you imagine how big this barn must have been for all of this harvest he falls back on this kind of human instinct to preserve what he has in case it comes a time when he loses it and needs it. I don't know whether you've ever known that need of hanging on to stuff just in case it would come in handy or hang on to stuff that you hope might be useful one day in the future. It's not exactly what we're talking about in this gospel, but you can kind of sense that, can't you? That we love to hang on to stuff. Um, maybe you've got a drawer or a cupboard or a shed or a garage full of things like that. This man had an opportunity to do something other than build a massive barn. I wonder whether you can think of what he could have done instead. What might he have done instead of building a massive barn? Don't be shy. He could have shared it. Absolutely, Jill. He could have shared it. What else could he have done with it? How about, how about employ some people to kind of go and sell it somewhere else and set up a business that might have employed some people and made some 
good of it. But instead, he just builds a bigger barn. I wonder whether you've ever been tempted to do that. Obviously, maybe not physically, but maybe. Maybe you, you have wondered what to do with what you've got and actually you kept it to yourself and resourced yourself more fully. Maybe for a time in the future that you hope you'll have a moment to enjoy and appreciate those things. I want to suggest that this man loses sight of a number of things. Three particular things that I wonder whether we sometimes lose sight of as well. Firstly, that all he has comes from God in the first place. This abundant harvest is not just down to effective farming techniques. It's not just down to sharp business acumen. It's not just down to his own human knowledge. Although, quite clearly, someone's had to sow the seed and someone's had to water it, assuming that needed to happen. Someone's had to gather it in. But it's not just down to his human abilities. All that he has comes from God in the first place. All that he has comes from God in the first place. The same is true for us, isn't it? That whatever we have comes from God in the first place. Yes, we might have earned our pay, income, it's in the bank. Yes, we've worked hard. We are getting a fair reward for the knowledge that we've shared, for the skills that we've put to use, and for the work that we've done. Yes, maybe we've made really wise decisions along the way that have meant that we are comfortable in our lives. Or maybe we're just going from day to day, but we know that we just about have enough. But all that we have, we only have because God has granted us a share in what ultimately belongs to God in the first place. All that this farmer has comes from God. And all that we have comes from God in the first place. The second thing I think this chap forgets about is the point of what he has is not to hoard it away and keep it to himself, but to use and enjoy and share what he has. There's that phrase that he uses, I'm quoting from the NIV, take life easy, eat, drink and be merry. He's actually quoting from the Old Testament, eat, drink and be merry. Use what you have and enjoy it. But he's waited until the very end of his life, he doesn't quite realise it's the end of his life, but when he gets to it, it is, to use and enjoy and maybe share with his friends the things that he has. But the point is not to hoard it away and wait until another time. To keep it to himself and control when and where and how his resources are used, but rather to enjoy and share what he has here and now. Now that doesn't mean that we are to just frivolously spend what we have, you know, things that we enjoy, give it all away without a thought about how to manage what we have. Clearly we're called to steward well what we're given and in faith what we have. But whether it's grain in a barn or money in the bank, 
or friendship and fellowship, or our faith even, our journey with God, which is not meant to be walked alone. The point is not to hoard what we have and keep it to ourselves, but to use it, to share it, and to enjoy what we have. Not just for our benefit, but for the benefit of others. I wonder whether we all might need a bit of help towards freedom in that kind of area of our lives. The point is not to keep it to ourselves, but to use, enjoy and share what we have. The last thing that the farmer loses sight of, and I wonder whether we sometimes do, is that there is no guarantee that he will be there, that he will be here tomorrow. Now, many of us over the last few months, for all sorts of reasons, have come to a realisation, a kind of dawning moment, that there is no guarantee that we will be here tomorrow. Now that sounds a little bit morbid, doesn't it? Or it could do. What I hope, though, is that that reminds us, actually, to make the most of each day and the most of the things that we have each day. Just like the farmer in the story, there's no guarantee that we will be here tomorrow. Obviously, we understand and believe and trust that we probably will be, but we might not be. And some of us know that the end of our lives is nearer than we hoped it might be. That is a very difficult thing to come to terms with. The knowledge of it is something to challenge us. How we live day by day. Taking what we have as a blessing from God and using and enjoying and sharing all that we have. It is a reminder, isn't it, as many of us have had, of how fragile life is. We do not know what tomorrow will bring. Again, that doesn't mean that we have a license to be frivolous and irresponsible, but it does mean we have an opportunity, an invitation to appreciate and enjoy what we have now. To live life in all its fullness here and now, as well as looking forward to life in all its fullness beyond the here and now. I wonder sometimes when we keep blessings, uh, fruit of our labour, resources to ourselves, perhaps we do that out of a sense of anxiety or fear or a desire to keep things under control because as soon as we let go of those things, as soon as we relinquish our ownership, our sole ownership and our control of those things, it might be that things turn out other than we expected or other than we had planned or other than we had had in mind. That's certainly how I've experienced the last four years. It would have been easy to think, ah, there's a plan. This is what it is, and this is how things will look in six months or 12 months. But actually, keeping on being called back to the heart of God, who is open and wants all of us to share and enjoy his blessings, move on together in relationship with each other and under the will and the purposes of God and by the leading of the Holy Spirit, there is such liberation, but also 
there's such an unknown, isn't there? There's such an uncertainty. And so as we let go, there is a challenge. But we have these wonderful gifts from a wonderful God who longs for us and those around us to live life in all its fullness. If we keep them to ourselves, if we keep this story of the gospel to ourselves, then it can never be fully appropriated by anybody who might not know its blessings and the fullness of life that comes with it yet. If we keep this good news and all the blessings that we enjoy under wraps, then there are plenty of people out there beyond these walls, our neighbours, people in our community, who will never share in the richness and the blessing. So, I wonder what that might look in practice. Perhaps something's been sparked in your mind, your own personal situation. Maybe we might be saving for a rainy day. I was just noticing it started raining. (laughs) Maybe we might be saving for a rainy day. But, you know, whenever it gets a bit rainy, perhaps we just find ourselves complaining about the bad weather and hoping it'll brighten up tomorrow rather than actually doing the thing that we've been waiting to do. We can hoard more than money, can't we? Perhaps we've found church to be a wonderful place of fellowship. And while we know then we ought to be really open to the stranger, the newcomer, what happens if someone arrives and things aren't quite how they used to be for us? Or maybe, not even especially to do with church, we've fallen into a sense of wanting to preserve what we have like the man in the story like the farmer preserve what we have keep it to ourselves rather than sharing it that could be anything to do with the fun you have in your family that someone could be invited into it could be a generous gift that you could give to somebody it could be something that you want to keep as perfect and beautiful, but actually is meant to be used. Are there ways, I wonder, that we could loosen the hold that these anxieties might have over us? Anxieties may be about being in control, needing to keep a handle on things. Um, Anxieties about what the future might hold. It might literally mean letting go of something and giving it away. It might literally mean sort of loosening a hold on something that we've been Uh, taken care of or in charge of for a long time at church or somewhere else might be drawing along somebody else and saying look why don't you have a go at this not just when you need to hand it on but actually in order to bring someone along and share it maybe it might be listening to new ideas or being open to a new approach for something at home or at work allowing someone else to do something that you've always done you've always done it right haven't you Maybe there's a different way of doing it. Maybe as we open our hands, open our hearts, open our minds, we will find new and creative ways forward. We share the load, but we also share the blessing. All those things that come from God that are meant not to be hoarded and kept away, but to be used, enjoyed and shared. Which is all to say, I guess that there's a challenge, isn't there? To see things, to see our circumstances, to see the resources that we have from God's perspective and not from our own. To pray that God would help us to lift our eyes, to see the potential of what we have 
to see that God is able to do more than we can ever ask or even imagine. To trust that as we give away, we won't be left without anything. There will be enough to go round and that we can share our blessings with those who are yet to experience the richness and the fullness of life in Christ. That's my prayer for us as church in this place, for St. Fried's Rides and for Spurgeons, and for us together. That's my prayer for us as you appoint your officers, your church officers, as we look ahead and make some changes here and there that might make us more fit for what the future holds, and most of all, as I pray as we open ourselves, our doors, our groups, our churches, our congregations, our fellowship up to those who are yet to experience the richness and the fullness of life that there is in Christ. The rich farmer came to the end of his life and he had missed out on a lot, hadn't he? Yes, he missed out on enjoying and appreciating the harvest his own harvest he'd missed out on the joy and the um, blessing of sharing it with others and he had missed out on actually being able to share it not just appreciate it from a human perspective but actually giving glory and thanks to God because he forgot that everything that we have comes from God in the first place he forgot that the point of what we have is not to hoard it away keep it to ourselves nice and safe And he forgot that he could never even guarantee that he would be alive the next day to enjoy it. Let's pray for a moment. Heavenly Father, everything on earth comes from you and of your own do we give you. We pray that you would loosen our grip on the things that we hold dear in order that we might truly share our blessings. Material blessings, blessings of friendship and relationship and fellowship and spiritual blessings in Christ. May we know more deeply the fullness of life that Jesus offers and see others come to that fullness of life too. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. David is going to come lead us in our intercessions. Thanks, David. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. Uh, Right, prayers are set intercession. It struck me as uh, Catherine was talking that this barn is um, sort of like a metaphor. Ostensibly, we're hearing about um, grain and what have you in a barn... But it's uh, really the message is about, um, you know, the blessings God gives us. And he gives us all sorts of blessings, not just food and stuff. He gives, calls us to his work, you know, and this having a barn and it getting bigger is something to do with doing more of God's work, which is where at least um, prayers of intercession can uh, play a part. This is God's work. And uh, although I was asked to... uh, lead the prayers of intercession I started writing out a little uh, list here of things I thought we could pray about but now I think I'm, if I'm leading prayers of session, intercession wouldn't it be good if they were yours as well it's just 
put, I think God's put this for <laughs> to be over there. So what I thought we'd do, uh, what I thought I would do was have one of my little, um, I call them a stone in a pool type prayer, where the, pool, the stone, you throw it in the water, and it, first of all it makes a little circle, then the circles get bigger and bigger. I don't know whether you're aware of that sort of prayer. So a prayer might start just prayers for ourselves, and then prayers for the town of Milton Keynes, and then prayers for the country, and prayers for the world. The, the um, waves get bigger and bigger. So just help me out now, if you would. I've got a few things here about us thinking locally, us in this uh, building together. Is there anybody or anything that you'd like us to, that you think we could now pray about? Do shout it out if you can. You know, I'm Nudra. I'm looking at you. Are you still doing that rock mentoring the families? Lovely. Let's pray about that. Anybody that's ill that we know about would benefit from prayer. Prayer. Alan on Friday. Friday. Of course we can. Can the people there see us? Ken, are you watching? Ken, lovely what the scan said, but we need God to be with you. Anybody else? Irene Lever. She was here last week. Is she all right? A bit frailer. Okay. Haven't you got a great grand? Weren't you telling me about your great granddaughter? Weren't you telling me the other day about your great granddaughter? Yeah. Was she a Millie? Right. <laughs> but she's a little toddler, isn't she? Or baby? Yeah, little Millie, the baby. And the parents. What about um, the town of Milton Keynes? Is there stuff we should be praying for, for Milton Keynes? You know, things we take for granted. You're going into hospital. Isn't it great that we've got a big hospital and all those people work there? Let's pray for the hospital. And I don't know whether you know, I do um, prison visiting. It's something I started doing in the... Uh, lockdown we've got a prison there full of people who have got nothing better to do than sit all day and think about the wrong decisions they've taken and maybe think about bigger issues you know and turning their lives around and the other thing i um, heard about the other day is winter night night shelter is probably coming back here in the winter putting up you know somewhere for the homeless to stay overnight what about our country? Can you think of what this country, we should be praying for, for this country? Well, what about, uh, you know, what have we just done to France? We've absolutely slapped them in the face, ignored them over this new arrangement with 
the US and Australia, that although we're told it's nothing to, not aimed at one particular country, it clearly is. You know, China is a bigger power than it ever was, and this country has now got into bed with Australia and US to specifically set up this new naval uh, ability. Uh, we should be praying that that is managed safely. And the last thing, just worldwide, I thought I'd pray about is countries where being a Christian is difficult or dangerous. Do you, have you heard of such countries? Which ones do you think are dangerous to be in? Pakistan. 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 Pardon? Afghanistan. Afghanistan. Yes, that was the first one that went on my list. What about Pakistan? Is it yet, is it particularly safe to be a Christian in Pakistan? No, it ain't, is it? And the other one that I always think of is North Korea. They just don't let Christians in. And if they catch you being one, I think you're locked away. Anyway, come on, let's um, start this ripple prayer then. Father God, we thank you for the um, privilege of being able to come to you in prayer, to pray for others. We may be um, a bit sheepish about accepting that your blessings to us, and we're sometimes a bit easier about um, wishing to bless others. So um, we now lift up to you, folk known to us and loved by us. We thank you that... Um, Ken's uh, scan or whatever it was the other day has been relatively good news. We pray, Holy Spirit, you'll remain with him and with Jackie as he continues to combat his health issues. And um, will you be with Alan? Is it this Friday? Will you uh, nurse him through what he's now facing in the next few weeks to combat his illness? Will you grant strength and peace of mind to Irene in her ailing years? And will you be with little Millie and her parents? Uh, why We don't understand why someone so young should have such issues to face, but we pray, Holy Spirit, you'll be there with them and guide her through, bring her through her challenges. We... Uh, think a little more widely of things like well, the work, uh, the rock work for families that need guidance and steering. We pray that you'll um, be with Nudra and the other volunteers. May that work be your work, Father. And may your um, name be glorified through the outcomes of the support those families are receiving. We thank you for our hospital. And we pray for the doctors and nurses that do fantastic work in there and we often take it for granted. Will you be with every doctor and nurse and everybody that helps in the hospital in our hours of physical need? We pray for the planning for the winter night shelter. That if the church centre here is to be a venue... Uh, may it be a safe venue? Will you bring enough volunteers forward? 
and um, as part of the um, giving men and women a bed and some warmth overnight during the winter months, may uh, the message of the gospel also get through to them in their hours of need. May they um, sense, hear and hear from the volunteers the message of hope um, and love that uh, Christians have to share with the world. We also pray um, for Woodhill, our prison tucked away. We hear so little from it, but there are hundreds of uh, men in there. May they be open to your invitation to turn their thinking around. Will you be with the um, chaplaincy team as they visit the men and challenge them on uh, spiritual issues? And uh, I happen to know that the Woodhill is undergoing inspection at the moment, so we pray for the management team that they will get through their inspection uh, with a good report. And uh, as we widen our prayers to think of our country, we pray for your church in this country, all those fellowships up and down the, the land, some small, some big, some with paid staff, some without. Will you be with every leader? Will you guide them as they lead their fellowships? Will you be with all those volunteers and church officers and things we've been hearing about, all those people that do that work in the background? May it all be to your glory. And um, just recently we we know that the world of um, sort of a strategy has changed with this new arrangement that heightens um, the weaponry in the world. And uh, we pray that you, Father God, will um, steer our leaders and the leaders of China and America, all the countries that have got big arsenals. Will you ensure that um, these weapons are managed responsibly? and for the balance of peace, not for warfare. And finally, we do remember um, our brothers and sisters out there in the world living in places where it's difficult to be a, or dangerous to be a Christian. So we do think of um, Afghanistan, your church there, your people struggling perhaps to come to terms with the new government. Taliban Pakistan Syria also comes to mind will you be with all the Christians in those lands keep them safe and keep them bold even though they're under threat will you give them the courage to speak out when appropriate and for North Korea a closed country where it's positively dangerous to be a Christian, will you find a way, Father God, of sending in your workers? Maybe expats coming back home, I don't know. Will you build your church in North Korea? So we thank you for this responsibility, this opportunity, this privilege of praying for others. And we lift up all these prayers in the name of Jesus Christ, our Saviour. Amen.
wanted to offer um, a few moments of reflection at the end of our service before a final song. Um, just to maybe digest some of the things that are on our minds at the moment and to potentially kind of receive a, a prayer of blessing or of affirmation, maybe something particularly that you would um, want to bring to God or acknowledge to God. Um, and I'd love to pray for you if you'd like a very short prayer of blessing this morning. And I'm happy to do that just here at the front if during the next piece of music or the last piece of uh, the last hymn that we have in a moment or two. Um, if you want to sort of make a step like, oh, it feels like I need to um, allow God to do what God wants to do in my life. And I don't want there to be in anything in the way. Um, and just to take that step and, and, and kind of affirm that, that in your life today, then um, please use the opportunity um, to receive a, a, a prayer of blessing if you'd like, or you can stay where you are and just use the, the time to reflect. So Robert's chosen a piece of music for us, for which I'm grateful. Um, and then we'll move to sing our final song when, it's, when that's finished. Is that all right? Thank you.
Shall we stand for a final song? Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, O oh my soul, worship his holy name. Sing like never before, O oh my soul, I'll worship your holy name. The sun comes up. It's time to sing your song again Whatever may pass and whatever lies before me Let me be singing when the evening comes Bless the Lord, oh my soul prayer of blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. May the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be with you and remain with you always. Amen. Amen.
please do take a seat. Um, and it's been lovely to be with you. Thank you for your welcome. Um, are you are you doing refreshments or not? No, not refreshments. But time to stay. But don't. I don't think we need to feel the need to rush away, do we? At the moment. So, thank you.